0: podcast series two episode four fairies and the environment. Hello I'm Faye Heald
1: and I'm Caroline Larrington. This is the fourth episode in our second modern fairies and lowly ladies podcast series and here we're going to be talking about fairies and the environment.
0: One of the most interesting angles that the artist took on the fairy topic was the connection between fairies and the environment fairies and other supernatural beings have long retreated away from human spaces deep into the woods but they're now vanishing like various natural species and habitats because of human intervention into the places where they live there are still places where the fairy world makes contact with ours but the sense that the world is permeated with unseen presences is vanishing and there's perhaps a call for the reconnection with the supernatural realm to help us in rebuilding the natural environment in the human world
1: Inga wrote a song about fairies, whom she calls winged warriors, creatures who are stirring beneath the marsh. They remember how old they are, and they say, we are old, but the trees are older. Inga's song shows us how the fairies have been driven deeper down and further away by human activity, but they are regrouping, they're ready to come back and to fight for the natural world.
2: life life sustaining spores that fly from pores are wise we are old but the trees are older Bad blood, blood of mankind, unkind to reason, driving winged warriors farther below to lick their wounds and cast spells to replenish. oh,
3: oh, 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 oh. Oh oh oh. Oh oh, 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 White
2: is the knuckle, cocooning the coin, a gift from the goddess who yearns for rebalance.
4: Bemused
2: muse the receiver, unfurling his palm, revealing a leafy reminder.
0: That's quite a scary song, isn't it? Nature's protectors are not just warning, but actively fighting in their marshy places, harnessing other living beings. Ewan's film of being human draws on voices he found through YouTube discussing the magical world and its importance to human habitation. His black and white film depicts wild places and cityscapes, giving a backdrop to the archaic and contemporary calls for action in rebuilding the natural world.
1: Yes, Ewan uses a whole range of voices talking about ancient beliefs and traditions, personal encounters with the fairies or the supernatural, and wonderful images of the wild. The film persuades us, rather like some of the work we talked about in episode two, that fairy space is right next to ours, and we can glimpse it if we just look out of the corner of our eyes.
0: Terry wrote a poem about the trees, about how the trees can speak and that they have spirits and are a community that can tell us tales. Here's Terry reading that at the Sage Gateshead show.
4: The thing you need to know, child, is that trees do speak. They do tell tales. They sing when they've a mind to. They are gigglers, gossips, grumblers, cataloguing every ache and pain. And yet they hold no grudges, claim no debts, speak ill of no creature. They have their tempers, yes, tantrums of branches lashed in gusts and gales, but then they come to rest in stillness, spent, humming contentedly. You've heard them, dear, just yesterday. You thought it was only the wind. The thing you need to know is that each morning every tree stands tall and chants its name, its history, It's kinship, web, and lineage. You've heard them, dear, but thought it was the dawn chorus of the birds. The thing you need to know is that the trees tell stories older than the oldest tales of humankind. By dusk, by night, by starlight, you have marked their midnight murmuring. You told me so, but thought it was just water rushing through the stream. The thing you need to know, child, is that trees do speak in their own language. They mutter in the crackle of autumn leaves. They sigh as snow settles at their feet. They utter exquisite arboreal poems as each tender young leaf unfurls. They laugh in shivers of green and gold when tickled by a summer's breeze. The thing you need to know, child, is that trees do speak in the tree language. And yes, you will understand their speech one day, root child, sweet sapling.
1: Ben Nichols did some fascinating research into Air Chief Marshal Hugh Dowding, the man who commanded the RAF through the Battle of Britain and who was pushed aside after that phase of the war was over, partly because of disagreements over strategy and general RAF infighting. But he was also a keen spiritualist and very much alive to the supernatural. He claimed that the spirits of dead fighter pilots visited him in his sleep. And, importantly, he was a member of the Fairy Investigation Society. Ben decided to mash up the story of Dowding with a Somerset folktale called The War Between the Piskies and the Fairies. In this very short tale, the Fairies and the Piskies, that's the Devon name for the equivalent of fairies, go to war with one another. And eventually they agree that the Piskies will reign in Devon and the Fairies will have rule over Somerset. Ben wrote a short play with Tim Dalling, using two actors, Ian McLaughlin and Donald McBride playing Dowding and the King of the Fairies.
5: There was a time when the fairies who dwelt in Somerset and the lands to the east of the River Parrot wanted to cross the border and enter Devon. They wanted to settle and extend their territory westwards. However, the Devonian Piskies who already lived there refused them entry. Soon, a war began between the two groups and it violently and terribly raged across the landscape, the conflict pushed to its limits by the Fairy King. Our scouts have returned with terrifying reports of new activity from the edges of our realm. Giant metal beasts, large enough to carry a thousand fairies run across fields like swans launching from a lake. Then they take to the skies, climbing to a height where they are almost out of sight. Suspicion, the Piskies have developed a new animal of war have proved to be unfounded. A far more dire source has been discovered. The humans have found ways to shape and control a metallic bird beast. We must seek the root of their attentions. They've laid waste to our lands for all of history, so what new threat is this? All fairies, you must become the eyes and ears of our people. The future of us all depends on each and every one of you.
6: May the 10th, 1940. I spent the day tidying in the garden, a job that's long overdue thanks to how busy we've all been, and I think I will have even less time soon. The blackbird has been building a new nest. Derek has promised to help me with some tidying if he has an hour or two. It has helped to clear my mind ready for the meeting with Churchill tomorrow. I will have to make him listen as we simply can't go on like this, We need the squadrons back for defence. If they stay in France, we will lose them all. Once we get this out of the way, I shall arrange another social evening. Good for morale.
0: After Dowding retired from the RAF, he went to the United States on war business. And there he heard about gremlins, the supernatural figures that fighter pilots of every air force glimpsed as they flew at altitude in life or death situations, hanging onto the wings or messing with pipelines bent on damaging the aircraft. Just so the fairy king explains how the building of airstrips in his part of Somerset is degrading the habitat, driving his people out of their homes and he begs them to unite behind him to fight back against the humans as gremlins.
6: We are inside their skyplanes. The fight back has begun! The appearance of strange visions, fairy creatures, some call them gremlins. Our bravest warriors, some risking certain death but wrenching and ripping pieces from their machines, pulling at the tubes of burning liquid, tearing at the walls and wings of the great iron birds. An American B-17 pilot heard a strange sound coming from the engine. Instruments on the panel started going haywire. When he looked outside to his right, he saw a freakish creature latched onto the plane. It was three feet tall, with abnormally long arms, grey hairless skin, deep red eyes, a gaping mouth full of teeth, and pointed ears with tufts of black hair at the ends, like owl ears, just staring in at him from the wind and bitter cold beyond the glass.
0: In the final moments of the drama, Dowding is up on the moors, near a stone circle lost in the mist, where the invisible fairy king speaks to him, taunting him with his failure to see what humans have done and are continuing to do. Let's hear a bit more from the play.
6: It's all about frequencies. There are so many signals that are there, but we are not attuned to them. Quentin Crawford of the Fairy Investigation Society is convinced that it is very similar to a radar projection.
5: Oh dear. Am I on the wrong frequency, Commander?
6: Have you been trying to contact us? The presence was almost like electricity. And I have to confess, I sensed it was not a friendly presence. You may be right, Commander.
5: You sure it was me you were trying to contact and not your dead wife?
6: I was suddenly filled with thoughts and memories of Clarice. I could vividly see her holding Derek when he was just a newborn baby. Oh, yes. Your son. You sent him into battle,
5: didn't you? While you sat safely by the desk making all the plans, overseeing the strategy. Some warrior commander.
6: He survived, didn't he? He was,
5: is, a hero. And what are the hundreds of thousands of others who didn't survive
6: that you sent through your deaths? My dear fighter boys, my chicks, I fought to save you, to bring you all back from France. Strategy, defense, not grand offensives. And I have heard your voices from the other side. Many voices.
5: <laughs> Hearing voices, eh? Watch out they don't start thinking you're a mad, Commander.
6: In my sleep. In my dreams, the voices came to me. My boys had travelled through to a different realm. And in that place, they were still flying as spirits in fighters, taking off and landing from mountaintop runways made of light. So there is an afterlife, is there not? Oh,
5: you want to believe that so much, don't you? But you know what, Commander? Yes? Uh, hello? I can tell you about it. But even if you think you can hear the words I say, you won't remember. And you, human, (laughs) you can never truly understand.
1: (laughs) And finally, we have two poems that bring the fairy world into modern urban spaces. It's where the ferries become truly modern. First, we're going to hear Sarah Hesketh's poem, Glitches.
7: Otherwise flow of morning, the scraps of dreams still stranded in our eyes, commuters thrust inwards pretend there are other worlds than this. On tracks that take us elsewhere from ourselves, coffee smoke speaks modest spells into the air. We plug our ears with tinny incantations, songs that only we can hear. Here's where the glitches live. And though you tell yourself it's just the tricks of the light as it lilts its way over concrete and glass, each day you silently wish for them. Faces forcing their way out of the stone. Quick bodies etched in gold and jigging, winking their way through the daybreak mass. Grass gives way to mineral. Our gazes harden as the city appears. We saw, but we did not see. The residents of the Edgelands made
0: flesh. Sarah talks about the commuters who are sitting on the train, commuting into town, listening to their music, reading stuff on their phones. But if you look up and out of the window, you may just see little glitches in reality. Other things barely glimpsed out of the corner of your eye. Patience's poem,
1: We Dance to an Other Tempo, is a good one to close this episode with. Patience takes up the old theme of dancing with the fairies in the woodland and losing track of time. When the speaker in her poem goes down into the fairy club, the landscape above ground is full of trees. But when that speaker comes back up again, the trees have all gone, replaced by tower blocks. Alder, Alder, Aspen.
8: I enter ochre, amber, brown tribe of trees enter their older elder chant words that would spell to each other hazel, maple, beech, birch fire, moist earth spiky roots metro young I shun the retro human cycle of birth youth, bells, birth death this human seeks other world where folks dance to tunes mixed with heartbeats. Tenth month said fronds shape dates, underworld calls in a voice stiff as drum skins. Earth opens its mouth until yours truly falls underground where heads small and tall ford a grass green snaky cube elves frisk and giant scans guest list in the pitch black metro low pitch heart kicks as I enter the crypt drink my drugs music maker makes vinyl earth quake a dwarf plays piano, then horns, harps. Fairy woman takes stage right in white smoke dress. Her plait, a grass snake. Sings three satin notes, and I drown in front vocal. Eight songs later, we share a drink. She speaks burnt aspen. I speak razor sharp fairy slang. She is beech birch witch. I'm under her lingo. We twist limbs round retro tunes. We dance to an other tempo. Today, first light, melts dance floor, lines crack fairy cheek, piano notes morph, earth spews me out like a plant, shit, alder, aspen, elder, rowan, hazel, maple, beech, birch, don't exist. Older house, elder house, tower block after tower block, where trees lived.
2: Human, 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 fairy, human, human, troll, human, human, giant, human, human, fairy folk, human, fairy, fairy, other,
3: human, troll,
2: human, human, giant, human, human, folk. fairy, other, troll, human, troll giant, human, human, giant, fairy, fairy, other. Liar, other, human, nimtro, triant, human, human, size
0: fairy, other, liar, other, human, nimtro, triant, human, size island, fairy, other, triad,
3: liar, other, human, nymph,
2: troll.
0: All these works draw on age old themes of human action affecting the fairy world and causing their retreat. But there was a palpable call to arms within the artists, a positivity and a sense of potential collaboration with fairies to help in the human ecological crisis we're facing. At one of the workshops, we talked of fairy gold turning to leaves when the humans returned to their own world. In many interpretations, this is seen as a trickster behaviour, the fairies pulling one over on the humans. But as we saw it, the fairies were trying to show us what is of real value, Rather than the leaves being a worthless dupe, perhaps wealth in the form of gold and commerce is of less value than our natural environment. Maybe we need to sit up and listen.
1: Don't forget to take a look at the Modern Fairies website, where you can find more of our work with illustrations, a film of the performance at the Sage Gateshead, and lots of interesting blog posts from our artists. In the final episode of the series, we'll be looking at what the artists did with the theme of fairies, and transformation and change.